Thank you for listening to Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills. At Crossroads, our mission is to be the church by sharing and showing the love of Christ and inviting others to be recipients of Christ's love. Now, here is this week's message from Pastor Floyd Hughes. Uh, welcome to our Sunday morning worship celebration. Uh, but our parking lot was not plowed, uh, and there were some patches of ice on it, so rather than be, you know, I wanted to be safe rather than sorry, so we decided to just live stream our Sunday celebration this morning and uh, apologize for the last-minute notice, uh, but pray for us. This is one of the reasons why we want to get the parking lot redone and get all of that taken care of so we don't have situations like this ever again. So uh, John, Martha, Judy, Sharon, Bobby, all of you guys that are joining us online, uh, thank you for spending your Sunday morning with us. Um, this Sunday morning, I wanted to do something a little bit different since this is the last Sunday celebration of 2020. And everyone online said, amen. Uh, so uh, as we close out 2020, I wanted to do something a little bit different. But first, uh, I wanted to share a couple of announcements with everyone. Uh, and there is coming up on January 7th, I don't know if you guys can see that, January 7th, uh, an emotionally healthy spirituality workshop for women. It is free for all women. All you have to do is go online and register. There's links in our Facebook group. There are links on our Facebook page as well. Uh, and if you can't find it anywhere, just drop something in the comments and uh, one of the people online can direct you to it or I can direct you to it uh, later. I also wanted to uh, just share and thank everyone uh, as we close out this year uh, for your gifts again uh, to myself and your cards and your encouragement and your outpouring of love. Thank you so much for that. Cannot express how grateful I am for each and every one of you. Um, even you guys that just join us online and have never been physically in our facility, uh, we are just so blessed that you're a part of our um, online family. Good morning, Glenn and Stacy. Uh, we're so grateful for all of you guys. And we thank you to everyone uh, who has contributed and giving because it allows us to keep doing what we're doing. Uh, so this morning, what I wanted to do was do something a little bit different and spend some time, uh, since I'm the only one in the room, answering some specific questions that people had sent to me. Um, and I'll tell you more about that in a minute. Uh, one of the questions uh, was questions like this. So someone asked me, what are your favorite encouragement scriptures? I don't know if you guys can see that little... Ignore the big portion of the top of my head there. Uh, but this is one of the questions that people sent and the kind of things that I get throughout. So I told a bunch of people, hey, I'll answer these questions, and I have been answering them. But I also said that I would share them with you guys uh, on the last Sunday. I expected to be there to be people in the room when I said this, but I'm okay with they're not. And here's the thing. This is great because now you guys can share. Drop in the comments what are some of the verses and scriptures that encourage you when you're going through stuff, when you're dealing with hardships? What are the verses that kind of you look to uh, to be encouraged or 
that you use to encourage others? And uh, I'll share three quickly. Uh, the first one uh, is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and it says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. And there's a little story behind this. I've shared this before. Uh, when I was making six figures, nowhere near that now, I'm okay, uh, but making six figures and then got laid off and went from making six figures a year to making, I think it was like $314 every other week on unemployment. And, you know, one of the, uh, a friend of mine asked me, you know, God's going to see you through this. Do you really trust that God can see you through this? Don't you know that he can? And was trying to encourage me, but I really didn't. In my heart of hearts, I got to be honest, I did not have the faith because in my head I'm thinking, I don't know if God knows how to do this kind of math. You know, go from six figures to making, you know, $300 every other week. Uh, but then they encouraged me and I just got to a point where I was like, you know what, I, I'm just going to give this all to God because there's absolutely nothing I can do about this. I, I'm not the government, so I can't make my own money. Um, I just got to trust God. And I did, and he came through like gangbusters. I mean, in ways that I cannot even begin to imagine how God did it. Did not go hungry, did not miss a meal. Uh, bills were paid all because of God. So yeah, uh, that became like my go-to verse for encouraging me no matter what I'm going through, which also led me to uh, the next go-to verse in Ephesians, uh, which is that, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, uh, reminding me that God is able to do far more abundantly than we can ask or imagine. And if you're like me, um, when God does things for you, you're kind of like, okay, uh, God, I want to see how you're going to do this. Or when you need God to show up, many of us will say, okay, I don't know how, but I'm, how is God going to do this? And we try to figure out ways and I had to let that go, and this is one of the verses that allowed me to do it, to just trust that God is able to do things that I cannot even begin to wrap my mind around. And it was a huge encouragement to me that I don't have to figure God out. I don't have to try to figure out how God's going to move or do things in my life. And another one, uh, which is the final one, it's a huge one for me, let no corrupting talk in Ephesians 4.29 come out of your mouth, but only such is good for building others up. And, and that has been a defining one. God is still working with me a little bit on this one because I can tend to be a little bit snippy when I talk to people and sarcastic, uh, especially those who are trying to, you know, come after me because of my faith. And so God is really working on me with this one. So this encourages me that, you know what, what I need to share are verses that are going to help people, or even if they're not verses, things that are going to help people instead of things that are going to just make me feel good for putting others down. So uh, those are the verses that have been a huge encouragement to me. If you have verses that have been an encouragement to you, uh, share those uh, in the comments. And... Um, like I said, this morning, we're, we're going to do things a little bit different. So uh, one of the first things I want to do, in addition to answering some questions, I want to spend some time in prayer. Uh, and let me share this. Some of you know uh, some of the missionaries who are, again, I don't know if you guys can see that on the slide. Some of the missionaries that we support, we have ones in Africa, ones in Chile, 
uh, ones that are pretty much travel all over the globe, uh, and, and some of the ones who can't share their name, but you know who they are because they're in countries where it's not okay for them to be sharing the gospel. But I wanted to spend some time praying for them this morning. Uh, and if, if, if you're from another congregation and there are missionaries that you support or you know of people uh, that are invested in sharing the gospel and they're, they're overseas or they're somewhere else, um, pray for them as well. Uh, this is one of the most important things that we as the church do. It's like the primary thing that we're supposed to do is share the gospel. And we take great, I don't want to say pride like we're prideful, but one of the, the, the large parts of what we do is we want to make sure that we're encouraging and also equipping financially uh, the people that God puts around the world. They leave their homes and leave their friends and their families to go share the gospel. Uh, so I want to pray for them. Specifically, one of them uh, is dealing with some visa issues, so we want to pray for her as well. So uh, I'm going to ask you guys to join me in just praying for not just our missionaries, but all those people who kind of who leave their family, leave their friends, leave it all behind, and they go out to share the gospel. In addition to praying for them, I want to pray that we get more people that would do that here in our homes in our communities. God, we lift up all of those people to you whom you have called, people who uh, leave their family and leave their friends and, and, and leave their jobs and, and trust that you and the people of God will support them as they go out to do your work. We just pray that uh, as we wind down this year and to go into next year, that that would be a huge primary uh, focus of the body of Christ as a whole is to fund those and equip those and pray for those and encourage those people who that's what they have committed their life to doing, to going out and to showing and sharing the love of Christ with people outside of our circles of influence, but people literally all over the world. And we pray this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, and everyone said, amen. So uh, one of the other questions I got is going to be a lot of questions that, that people sent in. And if you have questions about these questions, drop them in the comments. I'm trying to monitor the comments as well to make sure that we, hey, Valerie, good to see you. Hope you and the family had a great Christmas and have a great and happy new year especially with all the new additions. Uh, so one of the questions uh, that we got is, um, and this is a great one. Uh, a lot of us deal with this a lot. Again, hope you can read it there in the comments. It says, what do you do when you've been a Christian for a while but have been struggling spiritually? Uh, and for those of you who are wondering, what's this weird-looking kind of like, why is this bubble speech above pictures of me? It's because I asked this in a platform called TikTok, and I got like bunches and bunches of responses. Uh, and so I responded to them with videos. Uh, but I also shared with them that I would respond here. And so Sharon said, uh, encouraging verses, Psalm 18.2, Psalm 118.24. Awesome. Lots of encouragement from the Psalms. So what do you do when you've been a Christian for a while, but you have been struggling spiritually. Now, uh, this was one of the questions that I do a podcast and I shared with you guys with uh, Mark Berkshire, uh, who's another pastor locally in this area. And on the last episode of the podcast, 
we addressed this question. It was overall about Christmas, but we also talked about what do you do when you're struggling spiritually? And when I responded via TikTok to this, uh, I also tagged several other pastors who were on TikTok. I am not the only pastor on TikTok, so don't judge me, okay? Uh, several of the pastors who were on TikTok um, and asked them also if they could share and respond to this person as well. And, and I've been messaging back and forth with her. She has been greatly encouraged uh, by the responses that we gave her. But one of the best responses that I could give is this, and it's, it, it stems out of what God tells us to do in the book of Revelation. So in Revelation chapter 2, here's what it says. She says, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. This is uh, a letter that uh, Jesus Christ dictated to the Apostle John and said, hey, go take a letter and share this with the churches. And one of the churches, he said, you have forsaken the love you had at first. Uh, the way many of us probably are familiar with hearing it is you have forsaken your first love. He says, consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. And the important thing is he says, hey, you have forsaken your first love. First and foremost, all of us are going to struggle spiritually, get to that point where maybe we're not as close to God. One of the things that Jesus points out to this congregation is that your separation is because you have forsaken. That word forsaken literally means that you left or you put on the back burner your first love. And that's what happens with a lot of us, especially uh, because of things like, you know, COVID or dealing with financial struggles or just dealing with all of 2020, right, has, may have caused a lot of us to look at our relationship with God and say, I just, I just got to put this on the back burner because there's so many other things that are pressing needs right now. However, Jesus says that one of the ways that we can recapture that, just like it was us who put it on the back burner, is he says, first and foremost, repent. Repent means to turn and do 180 degrees. It tells us, first and foremost, that it's also an action that we can take, right? It's not something we have to, like, uh, uh, try to figure out, okay, hey, God, how do you help me in when I'm struggling spiritually? Uh, what he's saying is we need to turn and do the things that we did at first. We need to do those things that we used to rejoice over when we put God first. And if many of us, you can think about when you fell in love with your husband, your spouse, whoever you're with now, um, unless you're not happy with who you're with now, then think of somebody else. Um, but who, who, when you fell in love and you used to, some of you guys can remember, I keep raising my hand as if you guys are in a room, but some of you guys can remember when you were in love with someone, how you'd sit on the phone with them while they did nothing for hours just because you wanted to hear their voice. Um, and I can remember uh, at a church in Virginia, uh, a church I was at in Virginia, I was uh, in addition to all the other ministries I was running, I was the event planning coordinator. It was up to me to plan and put together events to bring people together socially uh, as the body of Christ. And I had planned, you know, I had planned big ones like retreats and then planned little ones like movie outings or whatever. And I had planned one, and I can remember uh, I was on the phone with Christy, and we had been talking for just like an hour or whatever, and I was like, hold on, I'm getting another call. 
and it was the executive pastor. And he's like, hey, Floyd, you, uh, you planned this event, but you're not here. I was like, yeah, I'm not coming. He's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm on the phone. He's like, is it work? And I was like, no. And he's like, oh, it's Christy. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, okay, see you later. Because he knew it. I'd just sit on the phone and, and talk with her for hours on end. And for many of us, it has to be, that's how we get back uh, that strength of that relationship with God. We've got to do the things that we did at first when we put God first. We spent time with him. We spent time uh, reading in his word, even though, oh my gosh, I, 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 I just read, you know, 1 Samuel chapter 15, which for some people is boring, but it was exciting to us because we would find things in the word that God would speak specifically to us, even though it was in like Old Testament, New Testament, some of the wisdom books, we just got excited about spending time with God and about hearing from him and about hearing his word. And not to make this about going to a Sunday celebration, but there's a lot of people that got excited about um, going to a Sunday celebration, about worshiping God with the people of God. And one of the best things to do when we're struggling is to get back to the things that we did at first. Get back to making God a priority Get back to saying, hey, it doesn't matter what else is going on. I want more of you in my life. And that's hard. And, and again, there are a lot of things going on. Uh, hopefully 2021 won't be like 2020 uh, where we won't have, you know, pandemic and business closures and economic crisis and all of this stuff uh, to deal with. But even if we do, if we're the people of God then we've got to put God first. And spending time with him needs to become a priority. So here's another question, uh, and this is a good one also. This one kind of hit me to my core because you guys have heard me talk about this over and over. Uh, so the person asked me, how do, you, how do you handle people who think their denomination is the only correct view of Christianity. Uh, and we probably all know someone like this who thinks that their denomination, if you're not doing it the way my denomination does it, then you're not doing Christianity right. Um, and again, this is not politics, but we also know there are people who think if you're not in my political party, you're not doing it right. And, and those things have begun to, to take precedence in our lives uh, all of those things that are actually cultural. Uh, because God didn't create denominations. God created the church. Denominations are what we created so that we could have preference in the way that we worship God. Preference in the way that either we baptize or preference in the way that we teach the word of God or preference in how we interpret the word of God. And none of that was God's design or plan for the body of Christ. God's design for the body of Christ is that we would all uh, come together as the body of Christ, as the church, and be one. But specifically, again, with this question, uh, how do you respond to people who think their denomination is the only correct view? First and foremost, respond with love. 
and respect. And we talk about that when we walk through the book of 1 Peter. Uh, we all need to be able to give a reason, you know, for what we believe, but we should do so respectfully. Uh, and also respond that, hey, make sure that we, when we're responding respectfully, uh, we let people know that, hey, this is the word of God, tells us a lot about how we should worship. Unless your denomination is mentioned in here by name, then it's a preference. And your preference is okay, as long as it lines up with scripture. But your preference is not the only way even if it does line up with scripture. So let me give you an example. It's okay for people that want to raise their hands to music. I love that. I love raising my hands. I love worshiping God with hands raised and, you know, all that stuff. Uh, there are places in the Bible where it talks about, you know, lift, I want men to pray by lifting up holy hands. However, it's okay if you don't. If your denomination is more, you know, kind of sit and stare and just tilt your head as you sing or do whatever, that's okay because you're not violating the word of God. So your denominational preference uh, doesn't make you superior to anyone else. In fact, God's design is not that we have these denominational preferences, but that we all move towards uh, a spirit of unity. And we talked about this when we walked through the book of 1 Corinthians earlier this year. It feels like a lifetime ago. Uh, Paul says in the beginning, very beginning of 1 Corinthians, he says, I urge and entreat you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you be in perfect harmony and full agreement in what you say. And that there be no dissensions or factions or divisions among you. Dissensions uh, uh, are, are those separate ways of, hey, I don't agree with you. I only agree with this, so I'm only going to abide by this. And factions are literally what denominations are. Uh, in high school, you might have known them as cliques. Or in churches, there are cliques, people that only hang together with these people. But he says there shouldn't be none of those. There shouldn't be any divisions instead you should be perfectly united in our common understanding and in our opinions and in our judgments. We should be united in our common understanding of God's revelation. This is why we take time to walk through book after book of the Bible and to discuss topics and make sure we're doing it biblically. And in our opinions and in our judgments, we should be united. If we are the people of God, then there shouldn't be all these divisions and separations amongst us. And again, not saying that uh, denominations are bad, but if you put your denomination above others and try to make it a priority, then yeah, you've missed the point uh, of what God wants to do uh, with the church. So let's do this. I want to take a moment and let's pray for denominations. Let's pray for unity. Let's pray for the body of Christ before we move on to any other questions. God, we lift up all of the people of God, regardless of what denominational affiliation, regardless of what racial persuasion, regardless of their political affiliation, we lift up the people of God to you. And we pray, as your word says, for unity that we would be one, 
We pray that we would begin to break down the walls of separation, the cultural things that separate us, the the racial ways that we're separated, the financial classism that separates us, and we pray that we would be, as your word says, perfectly united in our understanding of who you are, who you are calling us as the people of God to be, and the way that we interact with one another. God, we pray this more than ever for the church, that in 2021, that the church would be your voice of peace and hope in every community. And regardless of what they look like, and regardless of how they voted, and regardless of what neighborhoods they live in, we pray that that voice would be the same. We pray this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. And everyone said, amen. All right, so uh, another question that, that, that we got, and this, this, this one kind of an important one. Um, someone asked this question, and again, I hope you guys can see this, uh, and ignore, again, the top of my forehead. And if you're wondering why it looks like a comic book, it's because that's a comic filter, I forget, from Snapchat or somewhere. Uh, but it says, if our death is appointed already, to what extent do we really need to protect ourselves from stuff like a pandemic, for instance? And this was a great question. I think on this one, I also uh, reached out to a couple other pastors and had them respond to it. Uh, So if our death is appointed, if God knows when we're going to die, uh, then this is is really a, a, a good theological question. But let me stop for a moment and say this also might be a mental health question. Because right? some people uh, may feel like, you know what, I, I just want to die. Why bother? Why keep living? Especially with everything going on. Uh, and I want to pray for those people who are just feeling that pain and that hurt. Uh, I saw a meme that someone posted this morning that said, we're not all in the same boat. We're all in the same storm. But some people are on a lifeboat. Some people are on a yacht. Some people are on a motorboat. Some people are swimming for their lives and other people are drowning. We're not all in the same boat, but we all are experiencing the same storm and it hits other people differently. So God, we pray for those people who are struggling emotionally, physically, financially, medically. Uh, We pray for those people who are dealing with mental health issues. And because of this pandemic, it's made it even more difficult for them to get access to the help and the resources that they need. But we pray that you would help. You would weave through uh, uh, all the, the waves and the hardships that they may be going through to see that they get the help that they need. And we pray this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. And everyone said, amen. And I would be remiss if I did not say, if you are struggling with mental health issues, reach out for help. Doesn't matter what people think of you, reach out for help. Reach out for help. So back to this question, um, there was a person who said, you know, if death is appointed, uh, here's why, and this is really important, um, even though from a theological standpoint, God sits outside of time. So, uh, you know, if this is the beginning of time, if this is the end of time, God sits back here and he can see the whole thing. 
The whole thing is in his view. The beginning of time is in his view. The end of time, whenever that is, is in his view. This pandemic, wherever that lines, is in his view. Uh, my birth, uh, my life, my death, all of that is in his view. He sees it all at once. So yes, God knows when we're going to die. But God also wants us to live, which is why we do things to protect ourselves from stuff like this pandemic. Uh, Jesus said in John chapter 10, he said, the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy, but he came that we may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance and to the full till it overflows. We're supposed to enjoy life. We're supposed to live our life to the full in spite of all of the issues and all of the hardships that are going on in our world. And I got to admit, most of us, I keep raising my hand, there's no one else in the room, but acknowledge, you know, you can post in the comments, most of us haven't lived our lives for the last nine, ten months, since February, March time frame, when everything started shutting down. So here's, uh, uh, let's, let's commit to do this. Let's commit that we're going to start living, even in a pandemic, uh, living our lives to the fullest. Now, I'm not saying ignore whatever CDC guidelines and all that stuff. That's a whole other discussion. What I'm saying is, for example, uh, one of the things you can do is do something new, right? Uh, do something new. Do something that you've never done before. Truth be told, only reason I'm on TikTok is because in March, there was nothing else to do. And someone had mentioned TikTok, and I was like, oh, let me check it out. And, you know. 17,000 followers later, here we are, sitting on TikTok. So uh, do something new. Uh, it, obviously, traveling and all that kind of stuff has its limitations right now, but commit to doing something new. Maybe pick up you know, that thing that you wanted to do, uh, write a book, um, learn to play an instrument, because if this continues, we're going to have a lot of extra time on our hands. Uh, maybe, you know, build that car that you've been wanting to build or learn to ride a motorcycle unless your wife says no and then don't say but Pastor Floyd said yes because I'm not trying to get in trouble like that but do something new do something that you haven't done before uh, but also do something for others right uh, there's a lot of volunteer opportunities even more so now because of the pandemic uh, I, I, me, I love food. I've shared this before. I love food. Granted, restaurants are closed, but I still volunteer at the food bank. Have to wear masks and all that stuff. Uh, there's uh, 412 Food Rescue. I still haven't done them in a while, but volunteer with them because they help deliver food uh, to people in need. And I think the last time was uh, that I helped them, they were handing out food in Claritin. But find a way to do something for others. Find a way to commit to using your resources to making other people happy and always do everything is unto the Lord. Right? If you're finding something new to do, um, make sure you're doing it for God. If you're finding uh, a way to help others, make sure you're doing it as if you're doing it for God. So lots of things that we can do to kind of try to live life to the full even though we're in a pandemic. And uh, I'm going to close with this last question, uh, and then some time in prayer. And this question was a little weird to me. Um, 
I'll show you why. Hold on. Uh, so this person asked, and again, I hope you can read this. He said, Pastor, you never answered my question, so I'll ask again, what color was the Christ? He was born in Bethlehem and not Paris, correct. Now, I need to share this with you. He asked me this multiple times, and the first time he asked, I must not have seen it, so he asked again, and I said, oh, I'm sorry I didn't see it, so I answered him. Then he came back and said, you're sidestepping my question, what color was the Christ? So I answered him the exact same way again, and he said, you keep sidestepping my question. You're not giving me the full answer. So I actually, this last time, um, this is what I did. I put up a poll, right? I don't know if you guys can see that. And I said, is this a legitimate answer to his question? 96% uh, of the people said, yeah, that's a legitimate answer. And I think when I checked this morning, it was like 260 or 275 people had answered. So... You do the math on that, 96% of them said, yeah, yeah, I did answer his question. And here's what I answered his question, okay? I said, he said, what color was the Christ? And I said, well, he looked exactly like every Middle Eastern person in his day. And I based it biblically, and I told him, I'm giving you a biblical answer. I based it off of Isaiah 53, which says, for before him, he grew up like a young plant, like a root out of dry ground. He was not well-formed or especially handsome. We saw him, but his appearance did not attract us. And many people, when you look at the pictures, and I think this is the point he was trying to get at, is when you look at those European pictures and all that kind of stuff, they have this, you know, white-skinned or Italian-skinned, long-flowing hair person of Jesus, um, but according to this, uh, he wasn't handsome. He didn't have any facial features that made him stand out or look different than any other person. And one of the persons in the comments said, but he was different by reputation and because he was God. Exactly he was. But from an appearance standpoint, Jesus looked just like every other Middle Eastern person in his day. And the reason why I added in his day is because that was 2,000 years ago. People may have looked different than Middle Eastern people do today. I don't know. I wasn't there. I haven't seen any TikToks or videos of what people looked like 2,000 years ago. So my response to him was, Whatever the average Middle Eastern person looked like 2,000 years ago, that's what Jesus looked like. And, and I think, and I think, and I'm not trying to judge him, I think that his question was to be not intended to be divisive, and I'm not trying to judge him, but it was kind of divisive. It, it, it's to break down those racial guidelines, and most of the people that responded that I didn't answer his question, when I went and looked through the comments, they were clinging to this as well. Hey, you didn't call him white, or you didn't call him black. That's because he wasn't. He was Middle Eastern. And this is part of, part of we're going we're gonna to close out praying for this, because this is part of, we haven't seen any racial tension the last couple of months, right? There hasn't been another national racial event that has, you know, exploded and, and got people back out protesting and, and, and hating one another again. 
But we all know that tension is still there. We all know that there's still people, um, even within, I'm just going to limit this to our community, that have a lot of racial hatred and animosity and a lot of racial tension. And for those that don't know, uh, I've joined to help out a part of a group that's working with our school district to try to help break down some of that racial tension uh, because there was a website, and I won't put the name of it unless someone like pushes, 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 then I'll I'll, I'll share it later in the comments. Um, There was a website where people from within our school district went and shared some of their racial stories. West Jefferson Hill School District. Some of the racial tension that they faced, some of the racial comments that people threw at them from teachers, staff, administration, students, some of the ways that they were treated. And I, like, I just sat there and cried. And my heart hurt for them. And this isn't decades ago. Some of it is months ago or a year ago. Uh, Some of it is still going on. So we need to, when we see questions like this, that, hey, this doesn't look like a question that's, hey, I want to help understand. This looks like a question that's geared towards pushing more of the racial tension and division that already exists. So my intent wasn't to shame him or judge him but to respond with biblical truth. And part of the problem is we do what he did. A lot of us, when it comes to things racial, we don't want biblical truth. We want what makes us feel good. That's why there are a lot of people that won't go into a business if it's owned by a black person. There's a lot of black people that won't go into a business if it's owned by a white person. And I'm telling you for experience, there's a lot of people that won't come into a congregation or a church setting if the pastor's black, even though it's in an all-white community. And just as we're like, hey, we can't wait to get over this pandemic, we as the body of Christ have to get to the point where we say, as far as this racial division goes, no more. We, We cannot have it. We cannot say that we are filled with the Holy Spirit of God, which compels us to love one another, which means that the same Holy Spirit that resides in me resides in an Asian believer, a white believer, a Middle Eastern believer, a Hispanic believer. And yet we still look at one another and say, I don't know if I can even be friends with them. So we're going to close out praying for this. God, we pray uh, that the body of Christ would come to the realization that we can no longer tolerate the racial separation that exists within our communities and within our congregations. We pray that as we move into 2021, That even if our communities don't, even if our government doesn't, even if this nation doesn't, that the body of Christ would be done with racial separation.
We pray that we would be united. We pray that we would see one another as you see us, people who are worth loving. And we pray that, yes, there are going to be people and cultures that we know nothing about. But we pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit that we are willing to reach out and get to know and learn about those who may not look like us or think like us or live in the same communities that we live in. We pray this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Everyone said, amen. Amen. Uh, Before we close, I have one final prayer request, selfish one uh, on my part. Um, So first and foremost, thank you to everyone who who bought my book. Uh, Thank you guys. But I wrote another one specifically about racial tension and racial separation. Um, It's with the publishers now. I'm waiting for the proof to come back. But I'm going to ask you guys to pray because my goal is to try to get this out before we hit some other big racial event that kind of separates the church even further. So uh, selfish of me, I know, but I'm going to ask you guys to pray that this gets expedited, that this book gets out, uh, that it's able to be disseminated and gets into the hands of people. Uh, I will say this, it is specifically for Christians. If people are not Christians, they may read it, may or may not agree with it, uh, but it is undeniable uh, if they are a Christian, uh, they'll read it and say, yeah, this lines up exactly with what the word of God says about how we are supposed to see one another. Uh, and some may see it as harsh. I think it had like, I forget now, five, six, or seven different pastors go through it uh, before I send it to the publishers and, and like, hey, is this right? Is this wrong? Am I, am I, am I misinterpreting the scripture here? And pastors from multiple denominations, some I never even knew were out there, um, and, and, and they, uh, one where two denominations, two totally different denominations joined, but thank God for that. But they, like, yeah, this is, this is, this is going to be hard for a lot of people to accept, but it's true, it's biblical, and it needs to be said, or in this case, read. So I'm going to ask you guys to please keep that in prayer. Because if there's anything in 2021 that's going to divide the church even further, it's going to be the continued, even more so than the political, it's going to be the continued racial divide. And if we overcome that, the sky's the limit on what God can do through the church in every one of our communities. So that being said, I pray that each and every one of you guys has an awesome rest of your 2020, uh, what remains of it. Can't wait till we get to 2021 and pray that God blesses each and every one of us. Have a very happy and safe and blessed new year. And hopefully, you know, unless God comes back, we'll see each and every one of you again in 2021.